Good evening, everybody. It is March 7th, 2011, and uh, this is the Jake and Skullhead Show. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and Jake is on the line. I am. I like it when the date is all primes. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I like it when the optimuses are all primes as well. That's true. You do like that. Optimize? I, uh, I like days when uh, the, the universe sees fit to remind me that I'm running a business. Yeah. That's always, that's always friendly You have to be days. the man occasionally. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, drink some beer. I'm going to, after, after this show, we're, uh, we're going to go down to the bar and, uh, roll up some Gamma World characters. Gamma World, eh? That's, yeah. that's how I roll. That's how I roll. I roll D20s to choose my mutant origin. Just yeah. in the middle of a bar, in front of God and everybody, because I have no shame. I think that that's a, a, a blessing that comes with years. You're like, you don't give a shit. Somebody sees you playing some role-playing game. You're a big shot. You're, you're, you're right. I'm a big shot in terms of the number of years that I've lived. Well, I mean, like, you're not some nerd sitting at a table in high school. You're some nerd sitting at a table in your 30s. We were, we were speaking of which, we were going through uh, insurance paperwork today. And we were like, wait, what the fuck? Why is Riff's insurance more expensive than everybody else's? And it turns out he's the only one of us that's 35. Huh. Yeah, I'm just Apparently, waiting for the... that's the point at which your insurance gets more expensive. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that, because that means that that's just when your entire body breaks down, so that's going to be fun. That hasn't started for you yet? No, I've just... I got a knee and a shoulder that are both kind of pissed at me, but the rest of the body's doing okay. Your head and your toes are okay. Yeah. You know, I never encountered that uh, head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes uh, song slash game until an adult... Until an adult, <laughs> until an adult um, sang it to you, touched me while I was doing it. No, I, I until I was an adult. Right. Is that a thing you did when you were a kid? Is it like a Bible school thing? No, I think it's just like a daycare thing. It's not about like these are the parts of me that Jesus loves or something. <laughs> these are the these are where Christ suffered his wounds. This is where Jesus touched me on the doll. <laughs> uh, that would be like. The Christ's wounds. You could do that with stigmata, right? You like head, wrist, side, and feet, side and feet. I guess you could. Uh, we should we should bring back zounds. Zounds. But is it zounds yeah. or zounds? I was never sure. I don't know because it's short for God's wounds, right? Yeah. But like, but zounds. That's like ah, oh, you should you guys should uh, listen to some podcasts on your zounds. Yeah, that is the uh, Microsoft is totally awesome. You can't listen to podcasts on your Zunes. I think you can listen to Zune... Zune smacks. Zune blasts. Zune blasts, I feel. Is the appropriate way to refer to them. How was your weekend, Mr. Skullhead? Weekend? Oh. Yeah, I'm never prepared for that question. Oh, we went to a concert on Saturday night. What kind of concert good on stuff. Saturday night? Uh, it was the... the two members of Roger Klein and the Peacemakers who were also in the refreshments. So, Roger and his drummer, PH, did a charity benefit concert thingy over in St. Paul. So, we paid 25 bucks a ticket, which is what you'd pay to go to, like, a concert, right? Right. And for that, they gave us food and free beer and, like, some... Monopoly money to play blackjack with, and they had three bands. It's like, you, you cystic fibrosis people are all right. 
Huh, yeah. That it seems like it wouldn't leave much money for the for the kids with the with the CF. Uh, I think all of the stuff was donated by various businesses. Oh, so it was like food that was about to go bad, so they it was either throw it away or give it to these sucker philanthropists. Sucker philanthropists. You you could very you could draw a very sharp line between the people who are there for the charity and the people who are there for Roger Klein, though. Oh yeah. And that line is twenty years or so wide, I would say. Okay. So like people probably a there, little better dressed on the on the charity side of the line. Right. It was mostly like people in their late twenties to forty, say, on the Roger Klein side, and then uh, a lot of blue hairs. On the other side, they seem to enjoy the music, though. Not blue hair like punk rock, like blue mohawks. Well, yeah, there was this eighty-year-old uh, grandma, and she had a blue mohawk, and that was pretty cool. Cool. What uh, you I saw to? a funny thing today. Uh, a funny thing. Actually, I saw two funny things. Well, one funny thing and one kind of grotesque thing. Uh, <laughs> there was a guy when I went to I went to the game store to get because I was like, uh, you know, that game world thing seems pretty cool, and it would benefit us, I think, as we're all sitting around rolling on tables and stuff to have multiple sets of it. So I was like, I'm just going to go get a copy of it. And uh, I went to the game store, and in line in front of me was a guy, and this guy had uh, he was wearing rollerblades. And he had, like, probably a three-year-old daughter in a stroller, and he had a dog uh, on one of those uh, little, you know, extendo leash things. Uh-huh. And he was inside the game store, uh, sort of wrangling his daughter, trying to keep his dog from running off, because he had just put the leash down outside. <laughs> and he was buying two booster packs of magic cards with a a Ziploc bag full of nickels. Huh. Now that is yeah. an interesting dude. I'm trying to reconstruct the guy's story. You know, I mean, it's like, I feel like if you're buying magic cards with a bag of nickels, you probably should spend those nickels on food for your daughter. Right. <laughs> right? Unless it was like, no, you know, well, the, the, my wife has told me I gotta knock this bullshit off and I'm only allowed to spend, you know, five cents at a time on entertainment. Well, I could see, like, as soon as this jar is filled with nickels, I'm going to go buy more magic cards. And, you know, you figure that would be all right. Yeah. Like, we have a change jar that we fill up and do stuff with. Oh, yeah. Although these days, it's so rare that we're carrying, like, paper money that can turn into change that the change jar has been sitting for two or three years and isn't yeah. full yet. It does go slow. I, I remember the point at which I sort of got to where I was like, well, I don't. I would rather have a big pile of change because I think it's cool looking than have the you know thirty dollars that that would turn into or whatever. Uh-huh. And then I think it becomes the like, oh well, this is for when I have a kid. This is what we'll open their first savings account with. Oh, that's what that's what my parents did. That's cool. Maybe we'll yeah. do that instead of buying some random thing. The last when we just that when we had just got here, we emptied the change jar, which is a. Uh, the package for a liter bottle of scotch. So, you know, about a liter's worth of silver when you're taking all the pennies out. And it was just enough to buy that big uh, beanbag chair that's in the basement. The thing that you're just designed to fuck hippies on? Yeah. I haven't fucked any hippies on it. Isn't it called, like, hippie fuck bag? Mm. No, that's what people call you when you go into a legitimate place of business. You're saying me? Yes. 
Me, Jake. Yes, you. Oh. With the, with the long hair. Yeah, that guy. That guy did have to cover his daughter's ears and put down his bag of nickels uh, to call me a hippie fuckbag. And you were like, I'd rather be a hippie fuckbag than a fucky hip bag. Like you. He was like, since because I, I was using just a, a debit card to buy the, the Gamma World box. And he was like, yeah, look at you, part of the corporate machine, even though you're a hippie fuckbag. Hmm. You're supposed to be using nickels that you found on the ground. Maybe he's a freegan. I gave a dollar to a homeless guy today. That was not like something I would do. Yeah, was that another? Was that the other funny thing? Was he like a really funny homeless guy, or? <laughs> no, he wasn't. It, it was. I was just like, I went to the post office, and uh, I went to the post office, and and some kid had had, had sent a, a mail donation, just didn't put a stamp on it, so I had to go. <laughs> I had to go pay the postage due, uh, and on the way out, the guy was like, "Can you spare a quarter?" I was like, "Hold on a second. And I went back to my car, and I grabbed—I've got a bunch of dollar coins in my car. I grabbed one to pay the postage, and I just gave him one. Hmm. I don't know what happened to me. There are rare occasions when, like, when I actually have cash in my pocket, and seeing somebody by the side of the road or something will spark a feeling that doesn't happen all the time when I see somebody by the side of the road. So, you know, I don't know anything about the mysteries of the universe, but I figure... If I get that feeling and I also have money to give, then I probably should. So. Well, if you get that feeling, perhaps what the homeless person will exchange uh, for, for your money is sexual healing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the, the second thing that, that I saw was uh, a woman with, I think, the biggest tits I've ever seen on a real person uh, crossing the street in front of me uh-huh. at a crosswalk. It was She was not like an obese woman. I wouldn't even say she was a fat woman. She was not a skinny woman, but uh, wearing, you know, reasonably well-dressed, like a business suit, but easily basketball-sized tits. That's a sizable tit collection, yeah. It was crazy. I mean, she only had two of them. I wouldn't really call it a collection. (laughs) You clearly haven't seen my collection of testicles recently. (laughs) Yes, that's... uh, We had those two in a jar in the freezer. Right. But yeah, I wouldn't have called it a collection. I wouldn't say I wouldn't have said that we had a collection of frozen cat nuts. Um, um, yeah, I don't remember what I did this weekend. I I built some uh, ramps uh, so that my my chickens can find their way into the roosting box. I think my my mom keeps referring to them as her grand chickens. I think uh-huh. I'm. I'm compelled to dedicate some energy to fixing up things for these chickens because I don't have any kids. Do you suppose she just means that they're like grand moth chickens? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Or like the the grand wizard of a bunch of tiny chicken KKKs? Yeah, only one of them is white. There's one white and two black and white striped ones. Maybe they're like those black and white striped guys in Star Trek that hated each other, or themselves. Yeah, it could be. Or maybe they're just ganging up against, like, the crows. Hmm. I saw a bird fly down and eat some of the chicken's food, and the chickens didn't do anything about it. I was like, what the fuck, chickens? What are you, yellow? <laughs> I, saw a, uh, I saw a cat perched on the wall, like a, a neighborhood cat. Perched on the wall, staring at my chickens. 
I was like, man, you better not mess with those chickens, cat. I guess a, a full-size chicken can fuck a cat right up, though. Yeah, I think it would have to be a pretty big cat. Yeah. To get in there. Uh, so yeah, I, bu I built a, a ramp. Uh, chicken ramp? You know, you know, like a ramp for chickens with it's got little pieces of wood for them to walk up it? One of those. Oh yeah, sure. Really two of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was my, that was the fascinating world of being me on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Sunday kind oh, of. I went to uh, right. I went to uh, I went to Icebeck and uh, Lenore's wedding. Oh, that's right. On Saturday, that that was the thing. The Saturday, just I woke up, went to a party, and then continued to go to parties until I went to sleep. Like the whole day just <laughs> disappeared. Um, that looked like yeah. quite the, quite the shindig there. It was. It was good seeing uh, seeing old Boozer Bear all all fixed up in his best frippery. It's nice to see him with long hair and the beard again. The this their their vows, their ceremony. I mean, the ceremony was extremely short, the way that I feel like they just sort of are now. But their vows were like really. I don't know. It was kind of touching. I don't normally, you know, I, you know me. I'm I'm disillusioned and cold-hearted, but like uh, that was some. I I believed what they were saying. Mm -hmm. I believed that 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 was some heartfelt shit, right there. I think and so. And those too. cats are in love. Those cats are definitely in love. I was pleased to see that their cake toppers were Lenore from the comic books and R2-D2 with a top hat on. Yep. Uh, Boozer Bear wore a top hat. Seemed to be a lot of them about... And bunny ears, which... Yeah, I the bunny ears, I guess, were a, were a means to uh, make people less nervous. Hmm. People were nervous? Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't nervous. Oh. I think maybe the bride and Grood were nervous. Bryman Grood. The grew, grew the wanderer and uh, uh, Brian, the, the uh, you know the bag of salt that he was marrying. <laughs> the grime and the brood. <laughs> Should seriously wash your kids. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Adristia's kids are fucking like nine feet tall now. Yeah, it's weird to hear her talk about like, oh yeah, Lucy when she's talking and walking and getting a job. Like, really? Isn't she a baby? Yeah, that, last time I saw her, she was like 16 cells. Yeah. I didn't really see her at that point. Uh, that, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> the last time my head was entirely in the uterus of Adristia, her kids were pretty small. Uh, King Stupid asks, if you've read Tom Strong, if not, read it and then convince Jick to read it. I think Riff has mentioned he owns it. Riff, I mean, if it's a thing that you can buy on Amazon, Riff probably owns it. Right. Uh, isn't Tom Strong a... Was that an Alan Moore? I think so. Maybe yeah. it's an Alan Cumming? There was that uh, comics imprint that Alan Moore had that he wrote all of the titles for. I don't know. I haven't I haven't read any comics in a long, long time. There's uh Maybe it's uh, Alan Rickman and Alan Wrench. Mm. Alan Alda? Alan. Alan Arkin. I've exhausted my supply of Allens. That's all you got. Any? You got. I don't think I have any. I, I, I was. I keep going towards Elaine, mm. which is different. And then only I only have Boozler for Elaine. Uh, let's see. So I'm guessing Thursday night you guys talked about Alice's army a bit. A uh, bit, yeah. 
you want to talk about it a bit more, or what do you think? Oh, we could. You got something to say? No, I just thought, you know, you know open the you know, discussion and something. Open the floodgates. There's some, uh, you know, there's some questions, some of which are about it. Uh, there's also a question about the sort of, like, uh, user numbers, uh, concurrent user numbers seeming to be kind of high to other people, which is, which is nice. Which, uh, which question repository are you looking at? Boy, I'm looking at all of them at the same time, buddy. Oh, okay. uh, we can start with uh, we can start with Twitter. So, <laughs> I, I should Poet say Fox I'm, asks uh, if we can have a play by email Alice's army. I want to play with friends who work nights, but I, and I don't see a clear reason it couldn't work that way. By which I mean, of course, not having to the other player around to take your turn. Words with friends style, not actual email. Play by that same. is kind of like words with friends. I think is a. I am glad that it exists because it sort of proves that that model is a reasonable thing and I like that model a lot. I like the sort of like asynchronous turn-based play on a portable device. Yeah. I am I'm only playing games with people that I know in real life and I'm still every time I pull my phone out I'm like, "Man, I'm still doing this a little too much." I have 5 games live, I think, right now. I have four, and two of them are with you because of a kind of fundamental design flaw, which is that when a game ends, it lets both people hit the rematch button. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you like you always get to go first on the rematch, which is a little strange. I figured that I would give you the chance, rather than conceding one of those, to let you kick my ass in stereo. Sure, yeah. yeah. I don't mind playing two of them. I mean, that's the thing. I would play 30 of them. It is a little better playing with you guys, uh, because you don't just... There were people that I played games with before where I would, you know, I would I would play 20 or 30 games in a row with somebody because they were also always pulling out their fucking phone and playing Words with Friends. Right. So, you know, a game would take a day or two instead of a week or two, which is how it is now. I take it... I check it two or three times a day depending on how bored I get. There's like, alone, whoa, that shouldn't happen. Sorry about that. There's a what? That was my house phone ringing with the some charity wanting me to be a charitable. Weird. You're not feeling particularly charitable with them at this point, I don't think. Yeah, I'm all out of charity, man. I gave it the concert. The, uh, wow. Boy, that sucked. Where were we right before that? Uh, words with friends, you check it right. like three times a day. Yeah, like getting stuck in the... When I'm stuck in the house with the kiddo for most of the day, I'm kind of desperate for communication with the outside world. So I will check, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Gmail and Kingdom obsessively, and if nothing's going on on any of those, I'll go and grab the portable and play words with friends, just like anything to to communicate with another human being. Right. Who's taller than my waist. Someday Ollie will be taller than your waist. That's true. And I do communicate with him. I communicate the desire that he not rub shit all over the wall. Does he rub it on the wall? He, today, I... Yeah, so what happened today, which we talked about before we got on air, is uh, I put Ollie down for a nap and he pooped while he was in there and I didn't 
go and get him because he didn't let me know and I was trying to let him go to sleep and leave him alone so he would shut up and go to sleep. So he took the diaper off and in the process kind of smeared it all over his legs and feet. Yeah, so he like kind of sloppily took the diaper off. He put the diaper in the diaper pail, which was cool. But yeah, along the way he got some on the wall and on the bed. So he kind That's of shit gross, the bed. Dude. Yeah, poop is uh poop is not my friend. You know my uh my chickens that I have instead of children, they shit all over the place. But it's just like, you know what? That's part of nature. I'm just going to leave it there. Right. I mean, the wild chickens of the African savannas, they just shit on the ground and then the ground becomes worms and the worms uh eat me eventually and the circle of life is complete. Oh, it's lovely. I don't think that was actually a circle. I think I fucked something up there. I think it's a line. It needs to come back to the chicken somehow. Uh, oh no, another putz. Uh, who sent a lovely uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Valentine in the mail? Oh, Thanks. Nice. Oh no, another putz. And Cowabunga. Uh, sent a photograph of a bag of sand. Because hmm. um, that was the third thing in this, uh, this episode's Twitter post. <clears throat> Blibbler says, uh, Scully, a data point for your view of the world. A female friend of mine recently dumped her boyfriend for making her watch Scott Pilgrim. I'm going to argue that that is not actually why she dumped him. Uh, because that is not a real reason to dump someone. Right. That might be why she said she did it, but she probably dumped him because she just didn't like him enough to continue yeah. being his girlfriend. I mean, it's not like he made her watch First Night or anything. Or you're, uh, Black Knight. You're thinking of Black Knight, and it wasn't that I made her watch Black Knight. She made me watch Black Knight. Oh, is that you found that she found it funny? Y- yeah, no, and it was some really, like, apparently mean things that I said. Like, oh, wow. she, she found it funny, and I said, man, it's terrible. It's terrible, and you shouldn't think that it's funny. And she, and she said, you shouldn't criticize me about stuff like that. And I'm like, what? You criticize me about stuff all the time. Like... Like like my diet And she was like yeah But liking bad movies doesn't give you heart disease And I said nah it just makes you Less interesting oh. And then she broke up with me I would argue that you're right though That that argument was probably not about A Martin Lawrence movie You don't think? Yeah arguments are rarely about what they're about Yeah I, I believe that there were most likely some underlying issues there like, that relationship was not going to just continue indefinitely if that movie didn't exist. No, probably not. I would have eventually gotten sick of whatever dumb bullshit I had to watch or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know. I, <sighs> it's possible to have incompatible taste in media and be in a couple, right? I but, guess. I mean, like, I, I, sure. Why not? You... It, it, I, if you are the kind of couple where you can say, all right, I'm going to the movies, I'll see you when I get back, and your girlfriend is like, mm, okay, <laughs> then sure. Right, I mean, I've certainly been in relationships where that shit would not fly at all, and so then it's like, well, now I'm only allowed to go see movies that she likes, which, you know, if it's not compatible then, then that sucks. It's a little harder for people like us who, who take that shit serious, I guess. Yeah. Like, I'm slowly getting better at that as I get older, but kind of feeling like if you like something that's dumb, then that says something about you, which is, it's not really true, but it's hard to get past. 
Well, it depends. I mean, if you... I, I do honestly think that there are some value judgments that can be made based on stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't think that you are a retard because you like America's Next Top Model, for instance. But I think a lot of people who like that are retards because they like it. I would be the first guy to say that it is a television program with little to no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Right, as opposed to just saying, oh yeah, it's really good. Those guys are real smart. You know? Yeah. Uh, Not everybody everybody has to be cool and smart and into challenging media with a lot of of redeeming merit, right? But like, I'm not friends with with everybody, right? But I'm also into that stuff too. So... It's it's more of a you know everything, but I, I've also found that part of it is things that I've been kind of snobby about in the past have been things that I don't know anything about that I've kind of you know like the trailer for Jackass made me not want to watch Jackass and for years kind of lose respect for people who like it, mm-hmm. which is maybe not fair, you know. It's like I won't watch Jersey Shore because I'm sure that there's a good chance that I would enjoy it. So I'm just not gonna. It's like, that is too stupid for me to get sucked into. Have you still not seen any of the Jackass movies? No, I haven't. They're they're kind of amazing. Right? Yeah, I know that that that's something that you enjoy, so... I'm not... I mean, and I I feel like at this point, like, after... Like, Jackass 3 was such a just sort of staggering work of genius that it is okay for smart people to love jackass okay at this point it I, it just is i think you can you can find a lot of serious analysis written about jackass at this point by, by people who really think about things sure um i'm also watching american idol but are that, you? that has more to do with like jess's parents watch it so it's nice to have something to talk to them about and like are they not on Facebook so you actually can talk to them in real life yeah it was you that made that observation right that like Facebook has made it so you never ever have anything to talk about when you see people anymore yeah because you you just know everything like all of the things that are just interesting enough to kind of make small talk about with like you know your friend's mom or whatever you already know about them yeah, like, even when we're hanging out with our friends, we're like, hey, man, so what's happening? And I'll say, yeah, well, we had that thing with Ollie and pooping everywhere, and they're like, yeah, I read about that on Facebook. And they don't mean to shut you down, right? But that no, does no, kind of shut you down. I mean, yeah. But, you know, like, in, in its little bubble, American Idol is fun to watch. You get, like you care just enough about these people and some of them are really talented singers and some of them are terrible and that's kind of fun that it's interesting to watch them succeed and fail and you know it's it, fun to watch just a bunch of people sing some songs for sure. an hour and a half I, my, I think the, the, the thing that makes me not want to give American Idol a chance is that I'm and, and I feel like this bothers you a little bit too and I wonder why it doesn't trigger for you with American Idol. It seems like they are putting forth sort of the best and the worst of what the auditions yield. And for the worst, it's like, you know, part schadenfreude and part just like 
you know, they, hey, let's all point and laugh at the retarded right. kid. They and tend that to not, bothers me a little bit. They tend to not send those people through, though. Like, I don't really like watching the first four weeks of the show because it is just like, here are a couple of people who are amazing, and like, here are freak shows who are quite possibly mentally ill. Or they're people who are pretending to be such so that they'll get on TV for a couple minutes. And, you know, it, that doesn't really interest me. The terrible people that make it through are people who are terrible in ways that just modern music is terrible. You know, like the hunger dunger darn singing dude always makes it through because there's a ton of those dudes out there. Yeah. You wouldn't uh, like it, turns it because out, they, it a lot of them sing like... It turns out that one of the, at yeah. this point... At this point in the history of the Phoenix metropolitan area, one of the better venues in town for like a local band to play at is goddamn Toby Keith's "I Love This Bar and Grill." Uh, speaking of apparently, being disdainful like talking to Black Carl, culture. they fucking love playing shows there. They said oh. they are like there's like it, it, they have great equipment. The people who work there are great. It is just a great venue for a band to play at, and it always is at capacity. And its capacity is like twelve hundred people, or wow. something. Like, it's it, it's just one of those things that like you know just starts making me question my view of reality. Like you know like this guy's girlfriend that dumped him because of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it is kind of. I couldn't imagine anybody going to that place. On purpose and ironically, yeah, and yet, like in in like Scottsdale and Phoenix or like in Minneapolis, it just seems bizarre to me that 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 would thrive. But there is one here, and it's you know as far as I know, it's always jumping. Yeah, I've never been. I I kind of wanna I kind of wanna go. Ironically, you know, I like a place with a mechanical bull. Sure. I'm I'm guessing that that place has a mechanical bull. I think that it doesn't. You have to ask, uh, Vaginal Blood Fart went, and he said it was just like, I don't know, like a weird alternate reality Disneyland version of the South where all the drinks cost $10 and are served in mason jars. Huh. You know, I like a drink in a mason jar. I'm not above that. He said the only country thing that he saw was a, when he went to the bathroom, there was like a, a giant dude... You know, all decked out in the cowboy hat and boots and everything, sobbing. Like, tears coursing down his face. And Vaj says he, he turned to the guy and said, fuck yeah, that's the most country thing I've seen in this fake-ass place. <laughs> and left the guy kind of confused and still crying. Right. Huh. Well, I mean, that's better than beating you up. Yeah. I, I, I think Vaj could hold his own. Yeah, that's right. Just every time I think about being in the bathroom in the country, I just I just think about that that uh, you know story from my my Bud Light article in the Beer Project, which was walking into the bathroom at the bar back home and <clears throat> standing at the urinal, and the guy the urinal next to me saying, "You need a haircut," and his buddy saying, "What?" and him saying, "I told that faggot he needs a haircut." <laughs> okay, thanks. I'll, I'll be sure and take that under advisement, fellas. Right. Um, and you know you wouldn't even say, I'll take that under advisement, because then they would kick yeah, your ass for being yeah, them's, fancy. Yeah, them's, them's faggy <laughs> learning words. Um, I mean, there are people in the world with radically different worldviews from my own. There are people ten miles to the north of me with radically different worldviews from my own. Because they live At some in, point it's okay you know, to just conclude that those people are just wrong and kind of dicks. 
you know? Well, in your we're case, supposed to, sure. we're supposed to love everybody. I would say that, like, their priorities are so foreign to mine that it's hard to understand them at all because, you know, like, they went to live in the suburbs so they could have a giant prefab house and, you know, put up a huge thing in the backyard so that their kids could play in it in between soccer lessons and, you know, so they wouldn't have to go to a playground with the common folk and go to Walmart every weekend because that's the cheapest you place. You want to so. swing with common people? So why the fuck wouldn't you go there? And yeah, it's just... There, there's just a stack of things that are so different from the way I think. You're like, they drink Bud Light because it's cheap and it's fucking beer. What do you want? It's not cheap, though. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, the conclusion is they drink Bud Light because the fucking commercials tell them to drink Bud Light. Oh. I mean, yeah. yeah. Do I drink microbrews because they're delicious or because I'm a certain kind of guy? Well, okay. I mean, that's a good question. You know, I, I guess at some point, uh, how well can you know yourself? You know, like, is is the personality of every person that we know and think is cool just a collection of affectations and I mean, I'd probably like so because sometimes they, sometimes they produce stuff that's really good right I mean yeah but I mean I'm sure that part of the reason that I don't drink Bud Light and Coors Light is when I was first starting to drink seeing the guys who were drinking it and feeling like they had a different set of you know worldviews than I did and seeing the commercials and going, God damn it, those are stupid. I don't know, those frogs were cool. Yeah, that's true. I also think that the it just tastes gross. And that how it tastes is kind of important to me, so Yeah. Well I mean it, there are there are things that are cheaper that taste better. And then there are things that are more expensive that taste much better. Right. So uh, you know, that's there are things the same price that taste much better. You know, the, the the Belgians bought Budweiser, and they, they made one beer that was actually pretty acceptable. Is that that amber? The Budweiser beer? American Ale. American Ale. Yeah. It's like, hey, what would it be like if Budweiser made beer instead of, you know, like mildly alcoholic rice water? And then they were like, oh, yeah, all right. Take it easy, baby. Make it last all night. This is an American Ale. Yeah. Um, let's see. Ozzy was asking uh, thoughts on either of the last two episodes of This American Life, uh, and regarding the former, preferably your response to the medical marijuana story. I have not listened to... I don't... I do not keep up on This American Life. Like, I'll listen to Radiolab, but uh, I'm not usually... When it's time for me to listen to a podcast, when it's time for me to just sit and listen to something for fun, I don't normally want to be... I want to say, I guess, like, challenged and depressed the way that this American life will challenge and depress me. Radio Lab is challenging, but it's, like, really cool, you know? And it's, like, about science, and it's... And this American life always comes after Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, where you've been, like, entertained and laughing and, and happy, and then this American life, like... And now a story about a man who was in jail for 20 years for a crime he very obviously didn't commit. Oh, great. Thanks. The Casper Hauser uh, parodies of This American Life are among the funniest pieces of audio I have ever heard. Hmm. Um, in case you haven't 
I will seek, I will seek them out. Yeah. Um, I, you know, uh, Roy was really into Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. He, that was, like, just his favorite thing to listen to on the weekends. He would, like, like never miss it. And I just, like, whereas I really like Car Talk, and I, oh, I like kind of like too. What Do You Know, I never got into Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I'm a, I'm a Paula Poundstone fan. I like Paula Poundstone. I, I think I don't like the guy who's, like, the main narrator. Carl Kessel? No, not Carl Castle. The, the guy who does all the talking. Oh, like the, the MC. Okay. Yeah. He does have the, like, somewhere there is a, a broadcast school for NPR that just turns out people who sound like Ira Glass. Right? Or I, I feel like he sounds more like Ira Flato. You know, one of the Iras. Yeah, Ira Glass and Ira Flato both have that same sound of voice. Right? Yeah, it's pretty nasal. I, yeah, I guess they are similar. And when you turn it female, you get Sarah Vowell. The, uh, uh, the first time I heard they might be giants. I like Sarah. Would, that was I think, my. F- I think that she would be a tremendous amount of fun to hang out with. Right. She, you know, she's smart. She's really funny. But the first time that I encountered her was in that they might be giants documentary. So they they go Sarah Vowell, the little name card, and she goes the first time I heard they might be giants. I was like, Jesus Christ, where did this lady come from? And then the subtitle came up, radio personality. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> She's great. Uh, Propane Studios says, uh, so if there's frat orcs, where the hell is the university? Where is the university? Uh, the hippies clearly dropped out of it. Right. They tuned in, turned on, and dropped out of it. Maybe there used to be, maybe the university was like Atlantis on that island. Hmm. Maybe it sunk generations ago, and these are just the remnants. These are like second-generation frat boys and hippies who are following the traditions of their tribes without really understanding them. Yeah, because, I mean, they they have, you know, filing cabinets full of test answers and stuff. Sure, you know, artifacts of their previous civilization. Oh, so it's like a... a, um, Canical for Leibowitz kind of thing. Sure. If I knew what that meant, I would agree wholeheartedly. Uh, you should read a Canical for Leibowitz. It's a, it's a, a sort of an interesting... Uh, it's not even really post-apocalyptic sci-fi. It's like post-post-apocalyptic. Oh, yeah. Which is this order of monks that has has sprung up around the relics of what was clearly just this like sort of normal dude engineer. Like one of them was like his shopping list, you know? Mm like a toolbox but it's just you know like thousands of years in the future after various civilizations collapse sounds fun it's, yeah, it's good Extanstic says hey guys I wanted to let you know this item of the month is awesome it got me and my brother back from KOL burnout something Crimbo failed to do oh wow. I am I'm still playing Alice's Army I'm playing it right now as a matter of fact oh yeah so. I've yet to play it against another person <laughs> I'm I'm so <laughs> bad at it that I'm, I'm afraid that I'm afraid that I will cost someone their illusions if they end up in a game with me. Well, sure, people are always all excited, like, oh, dude, I got a match against Scully, and I just have to... Yeah, I should make it a chat macro. Don't get too excited, I suck at this. Mm-hmm. Like, usually when... A couple of times when somebody picks up a game, they drop me a PM that said that says, it's an honor to play against you. <laughs> like, no, it really isn't. 
So one thing that uh, didn't, I think, ever make it in, unless it did, and I just haven't seen it, is there was supposed to be, uh, either if you had room for it or there would make room for it, like you, your avatar and the avatar of the person that you're playing. And something that I thought would be cool is if you, if there was a box where you could type in something and then have it appear in a word balloon over the top of your avatar, like in the match thing. Like a, an attack phrase or something? Yeah, yeah. Just like a fuck you, buddy, and it would be it would be uh, immune to the uh, profanity filter, <laughs> and no matter what you typed, it would just say fuck you, buddy. Yep. Hey, buddy. Yeah, hey, buddy. John Doe has the upper hand now. Azu says clearly I uh, heard the guy in jail episode of This American Life. What are his thoughts on the story? Mine, instant blockbuster. <laughs> Why was there a guy in jail? He had uh, some guy got shot and they went and asked this this kid said that he was an eyewitness to it and that they showed him a lineup of people a photo lineup and he picked this guy at random because he was lying about having witnessed it but he was too afraid of the police to say that he was lying so he picked a random guy so they went to the kid's brother's house the the brother of the guy who was shot and put the same photo array out and basically harassed the kid until he picked the same photo as the other guy who was lying. It's like, well, the, the story's been corroborated now. and They put him in jail and then they found the guy who actually did it and then charged both of them together. The guy who had nothing to do with it at all and didn't know any of these people and the guy who actually did it were on trial together and both got convicted. Huh. So like yeah, well, gross the guy, should, the guy should just slowly week. tunnel his way through the wall, and then flee to Mexico. No, he's out now. He's not. He's not the happiest guy, but he's out now. Oh, it was like improperly incarcerated man's on fire. Now it's out. Yeah. Wait. What? You know, like you say to somebody, "Oh man, your shirt's on fire," and then you untuck their shirt and say, "Now it's out." Yeah. And now it's felt. Yeah, it's a nice shirt. Is it felt? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I still like I never suede actually... for that. Say that again. I, I like picking up a little fold of the shirt and kind of rocking it back and forth and saying, nice shirt, is it suede? Yeah. Who would ever wear a suede shirt? I had one back in the day. Well, like, not suede, but, you know, the fake polyester-y suede. It was uh, a useless garment in Phoenix, I'm going to say. Cause it just it's it would be like wrapping yourself in tin foil with fur on the inside of it. Wow, that going sucks. out into the sun. In balloons, like a suit made out of balloons. It's also a shitty way to make a baked potato, by the way. If you put fur inside of the tin foil, you're never going to well, get it depends that. Depends on out what of kind potato. of fur. You know, if it's fur from a butter beast. Butter beast. I was actually going to say butter beast. You were actually going to say butter beast. I was. That is a weird thing is that is that a thing it is now uh, yeah, right. this be the lair of the dread butter beast Azu says that Sarah Val was best as the girl in the Incredibles she was indeed I think she's best just living her life like a normal cool person is a butter beast like a butter face I think so where the, you know like, it's like it's like you, you you sleep with this girl and her dog is constantly just like ravenously chewing on your balls. Right. Yeah, she's great, but her beast. 
She was a nice yeah, girl, King's but Stupid she asked had in one forums, uh, are we seeing an increase in player activity after the first of the year? It seems like the average logged in after, say, noon and through rollover appears to be around 900-plus players. Looking back six to eight months, that number didn't usually hit that until right after rollover, stat days and holidays. Just curious is all. I don't know, actually. I could, I could see Alice's Army bumping up the concurrency numbers without necessarily bumping up the overall player numbers because people are just on for longer. I've seen some uh, I've seen some old names come back and I've had yeah. three or four of the people actually telling me that you know what I really like about the Alice's Army thing is the Wizards chat channel it's just yeah. like a group of people that's of a manageable size to encounter and like people that I'm have never talked to before but are really interesting and cool yeah I've got anecdotal evidence that it uh made every other channel die. <laughs> I doubt that because there's only a hundred people in there. I but it definitely that's a did. lot for one of our channels yeah. these days. It did it? carve out a subset of everybody chatting that is manageable for me to listen to. I feel like Trade always has a... Yeah, Trade has like 200 people in it. Nui only has like a hundred. Hmm. Yeah. But there are a hundred douchebags. In trade? In newbie. Is everyone in newbie a douchebag? Yeah, that's what I hear from the moderators. I wouldn't go in there because it's full of douchebags. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you know, we did some experiments when there was a lot of when there was a lot of angst and hand wringing going around about how bad newbie was. Like we all did some experiments where we popped in there for a while and like, you know, it didn't seem so bad. That's I guess true. there when are I, times. When I went in there with Alphabet, things were people were pretty helpful. Oh no, I spoiled my secret multi. One thing I wish that there was a little bit less of in terms of people being helpful was like, you know, somebody will say, hey, how do I get the stench resistance to get through Guano Junction? And somebody will cast a thousand turns of elemental sauce sphere on them. Uh -huh. There you go. Like, come on, guys, that's not... Don't bother playing the game now. That isn't helping in the spirit of it, right? I mean... Sure. No, you I say, agree. Oh, there's all kinds of ways. One would be to get a sorcerer to cast Elemental Saucefear on you. And then if they say, huh, is there a sorcerer around who might cast this, what did you say? Elemental Saucefear. And, th and then somebody casts it, and then they've learned something. That conversation represented the process of learning. Yep, and that is a beautiful thing. I would rather have them say, keep doing what you're doing, and you might find an item that would be helpful. That, that's yep. how I would prefer them to be, help, to be helpful. You know, they do tend to like... I, I mean, and I, you know, it probably helps. Uh, people get, you know, if, if you see, like, a newbie that is engaged enough to actually ask for help, maybe giving him, you know... 10 days worth of way better food than he'd be able to find is like a good way to get him invested but like I I just wouldn't let you know I started playing that uh, for a while when like in January I was playing through that Maragon game that some KOL player had made mm -hmm. and like somebody saw me in there and they were what they were just doing this to everybody they just cast like hundreds of turns of every buff in the game on me and I was like god, god damn it like I don't want this, you know? Like, I, I want to know what this game is like, not... And, you know, maybe this is what the game is like. 
maybe I need to think about KOL in those terms. Like, oh, what's it like for a newbie? Oh, all right, they just get every buff. Wow. I mean, it needs to be, it needs to be fun in either case, I guess. But it's really hard to, uh, it's really hard to balance things that you know. It's you can't really make anything challenging, right? Because if it is challenging to a person with all of the resources that are really readily available if you're looking for them, then it's going to be impossible for somebody who's not using any of those resources. Hmm. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to be a brawler, a shot caller, and a baller. Chilled says, far and away, KOL chat is the best chat system I've stumbled across. But normally I don't venture outside my clan, so I keep forgetting how god-awful the shout filter is. Newbie aside, perhaps, most of the chat rooms are spared the sort of people who the shout filter is supposed to catch, and all it does is replace any message I type that is too short, has a few extra caps and a smiley into a damn shouting post, and mad frustration for me as I retype my message to get round it. Could we just make the shout filter work like the repetition filter and not send the message? Pretty please? Fine. It used to be that if you had any profanity in your message, instead of replacing it with, you know, bang, bang, ding, ding, bang, doodles, it uh, would just replace it with uh, profanity. With actual profanity. More profanity than you would put in the post to begin with. Yeah, which is weird. We had to write a complicated engine to, uh, d to determine how much profanity you've, uh, you've typed. And, and, and to generate more. Exactly. There, uh, yeah. Do you think we need the shout filter anymore? I don't know. <clears throat> we could try I mean, a, uh, if we say, oh, we're getting rid of it, we got rid of the shout filter, if we say it on the radio right now, as soon as I, as soon as I push out the fix, there will be a ton of people shouting in all caps. What if we say, we are doing a trial run of not having the shout filter to see whether we can get rid of it or not. Yeah. And then everybody will at least behave themselves until we put it... You know, till we say, okay, we've made it permanent. Do we know how many... I mean, I wonder how many of the times that it, like, fires is it legitimate versus you just saying, like, hi, JLE, which is what usually <laughs> triggers right. it for me until I made myself immune to it. I mean, maybe that's why maybe that's why JLE sometimes finds the environment so unfriendly in chat is because every time somebody tries to say <laughs> hi to him, they just get angry at the game. I, every chat channel I go into, people are always shouting at me. You know, let's see. We'll try it. Slash 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 slash. That was me commenting things. Build all process chat. Push all process chat. All right, get ready for fucking chaos, everybody. Get ready for the lion and the lamb making out. Making out. Dogs riding cats. People eating people. 
Sako says, have you ever considered selling custom item implementation? By which I mean they get to choose the item, not uh, that it would be only for them once made. Basically where a person pays X Mr. A's and suggests an item that they want created, balance its references, power, location of acquisition, etc., and ensure that only submissions that fit the game thematically get approval and things would be pretty cool. You could see it as a lot of extra work and hassle, but you could also see it as an opportunity for players to vote on what kind of content gets implemented and support the game at the same time. Well, I mean, they're, so they're voting with either their, you know, meat farming uh, efforts or their money. Um, I don't really see a way in which that could be good for the game. Right. I honestly don't. <laughs> balance its references. It's funny that pop culture references are a thing that we have to balance in right. for the, the, the notion. Oh, that's broken. Too many references. Yeah. Too many, too many John Travolta movies in that one. I don't think so. Every time a suggestion like this comes up, I start thinking about it, and then it's just like, eh, no. I, mean, I there do, two, there are as two you suggested, see it as a lot of extra work and hassle. There are two possibilities for every item that would be suggested that way. Either it would be ridiculous, and we'd have to shit-can it, or it would be good and would make us wonder if what we do is all that special. <laughs> So yeah, we don't want that, you know. Like, I don't know. You know, whenever we have the whenever we have the sort of uh, creative work contests, I feel like I, I feel like those always make me feel like a unique and special snowflake. Hmm. I feel like when I did that limerick dungeon contest, there were the winners of those were better than the limericks that I had written, and I did fe feel a little bit like ah. Uh, well, I mean, the, you know, the winners of the... In fact, every submission in the Yeti naming contest was better than the names that I had come up with for the Yetis. They, they, I, I had not actually come up with names. Unless it was, like, Cunt Gristle and Fuck Spackle. Right. Meaty Donut says... Would you ever consider allowing players to queue food, booze, and spleen items that get consumed at the end of the day where they did not log in? It could be super useful for people that can't log in on a particular day for whatever reason. I imagine it could be too much effort for too little return, however. If this feature could magically be put in place, would you allow it? You know, that's an interesting question. <laughs> if, it was a, uh, if it was a feature that you could donate for... That'd be it. That'd be it. I mean, I've seen that model in stuff, and I don't feel like that. You know, like in uh, what's that other game that there was some interview with Joshua Schachter, and it, it he listed two games. It was Kingdom of Loathing and Travian. And in Travian, it's like one of those you know sort of tick-based empire management kind of games uh, where you're like you click this thing, and it's like, all right, you said you wanted to build a granary. That granary will be built in 45 minutes. So come back then. Um, and one of the things that, you know, one of the ways that they made money was by selling a queue that you could just stack up actions so that you could fucking get some sleep instead of right. having to log on to this thing every 45 minutes to build a new granary. Um, you know, like, I wish that I had that feature in Twilight Heroes. You know, I don't like missing out on turns that I could be spending doing things because I just didn't happen to log in that day. And I think there are people who play oxy because they don't want to feel like they're missing that and you know the preponderance since all that stuff went down of spleen items that give you turns has kind of undone that but yeah still um 
yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it, it's it's a little weird to think about what that might look like. It's a little weird to think about how it would work. It would be a lot of like sort of individual processing during rollover, which we tend to not want to do a lot of. I mean, it could also be something that triggers when you log in. It could just pretend that it did a rollover. But you're going to pretty quickly run up against the turn cap, I think. And the turn cap is another discussion, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it is. You know, I don't know if, since people routinely get more than 200 turns in a day, I don't know, you know, oh, do they routinely? I don't know, man. We should do some data mining. Figure out what the F. I mean, we have to check. We have to examine all of our assumptions, right? Because we're we're building a new game out of this game. Yeah. And have been for a long time. Again, it's just a game that's constantly in flux. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if I logged on to Twilight Heroes and saw that I had 500 turns, I would just be like, "Fuck," and just log off. Right. And I don't know why I think that 200 is better than that somehow, but I do. So you picked the number that was more palatable? Palpable? Palatable. Palpable. Yeah, it was more... I I picked the genitals that were more palpable. Mm. Palatable. I picked the smear that was more palpable. Yeah. I picked the fruit that was more palpable. Uh, I picked the... Uh, accused that it was more culpable. Hmm. That was probably the right way to go with that. Yeah, I think that you want to go for most culpability. Uh, you want to go for a music break? Speaking of culpability? Yeah, let's take... Uh, I'm going to start with an 11-minute break, and if we need to take a little more, we will. We're good. Ah, that was some old-school REM you played during the break. That is. I um, I don't know why. I don't know why I play anything that I play on the show. The Who the Fuck is Alice song was obviously a nod to our item of the month, but other than that... What's, yeah, what's that song all about? I guess some, like, Chicago or Minneapolis band had written it without the Who the Fuck is Alice part, and just it kind of became an audience call and response thing to the point that they re-recorded it with Who the Fuck is Alice in there. Oh, like uh, like with Moni Moni, uh, where yeah. Billy Idol finally just added the "Come on, everybody, get laid, get fucked." I never After. knew wh- what those words were supposed to be in there, <laughs> because it always sounded at the high school and junior high dances like, "Here she come now, singing Moni Moni." So yeah, mm-hmm. you tell him. Uh, that, and then the, uh, this'll be the day that I die drinking beer with my fucked up friends. Mm. That's what you yell during that one. That I haven't heard. I've heard the, like, searching for my last shaker of salt, where the hell is my goddamn salt. Hmm. I mean, I guess we're desperate in this modern era where a handful of people get to make all of our entertainment for that kind of interaction that came from just having a troubadour that was (laughs) your own... (laughs) Neighborhood troubadour in the bar. I don't even know what a troubadour is. Well, it's, in Spanish, it's somebody who plays the truba. 
Uh, Ray Janili says Wikipedia says some other person heard it with a DJ pausing for the who the fuck is Alice part and re-recorded it with that fine I don't know it, the first time I heard it I would have sworn it was Dr. Hook it definitely has that feel to it that written by Shel Silverstein feel to it yeah oh well uh, we get back into these equipment Dragon of Many says I was noticing that the 8th anniversary is coming up for KOL and wondering if you considered a container so you wouldn't have to fill the last accessory since that was last year's item I think I got a pl- I think a plus one all stats container would be nice for those of us not crazy enough to buy the old ones course would still be another two years till i got mine also will we ever see an outfit for the anniversary items no uh, no uh florence says are we going to see the feast of boris on saint patrick's day as predicted can we rename the day conspicuous consumption day did we ever figure out if we actually run sneaky pete's day on saint patrick's day i think we do typically hmm. very well i remember you know, since this is the one that's a lot of work that. for us I remember you know, being it's not a lot of work before, remembering though. it is a lot of work apparently. Yeah. Like saying Well of course Sneaky Pete's Day is gonna run like it always had and then people going, uh, actually that never happens. Hmm. Uh Merriweather says when will we see the VIP key in the lounge again? Why isn't that a perpetual Mr. Store item, uh, given that it is a returning one that gains in relevancy every time VIP furniture comes out, except last crimbo. What? I love um, how people have well, to add a little insult into every question. Like, well, hey, would you uh, fix this thing that's yeah, that's good in a way that everything else sucks ass? Um, you'll see it again when there is a VIP uh, furniture in Mr. Store, which is like, you know, I don't know, sometime this year, I'm guessing. Sure. And the reason that it isn't a perpetual Mr. Store item is it's just not a perpetual Mr. Store item. I mean, the tiny costume wardrobe is there every April 1st, and that's why it's not there every day, is because it's there every April 1st, and that's how it works. Right? I, for one, think that the as an economic element, it is much more interesting that it's available sometimes and its value fluctuates over the course of its periods of unavailability. Yeah, I would think it would be weird for their, for that key to be in the store when there wasn't an active clan item being rolled out, either in the store or not. It seems like that would be really confusing and bizarre to people who weren't, who didn't know what was up, you know? Yeah. Like, what is this thing for? Well, it gives you access to this room that, if you're just starting a new clan, is has nothing to go in it except the things. Oh, it's that you got can a buy. hot tub. Well, sure. It's got a sweet hot tub. It's got a wet hot American tub. Yeah. I was proposing to 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 Roy the other day that when we were we were going to uh, refill all the giant five gallon water bottles from the office. And uh, I was proposing that we start a new American uh, American Gladiators style game where each player holds in each hand a full five gallon water bottle, and then uses those as though they are boxing gloves, and uh, that the game would be called Wet Box. Oh, lovely! Yeah, those are the kind of jokes we make day to day around the office. Would you like heat up the water first so you could have a hot wet box? Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that that would just end up being kind of sloppy. And it would be, it would be, you know, the water would be fairly fresh, like right out of the tap, so it would be underage, hot, wet, sloppy box. Mm. 
We would we would actually put just a low enough concentration of LSD in it to not break the laws about LSD, so it would be barely legal wet box. That sounds good. I would, uh, I would, uh, I would, uh, I would, uh, I'm going to let you have that one. <laughs> Stupak 2 says, so the uh, naval slash gap runaway chance for free seemed to be 10, uh, bah, yeah, 180, 50, 20. And I'm wondering why 80 and 20 and not 75 and 25? And that is a fucking excellent question. <laughs> um, you know, those might have been some numbers that Xenophobe made up. Ah, they might have been some numbers that I made up, but uh, either way, it was a long time ago, and that's just how it was. There was probably a point when I was looking at the Great American Pants and thinking, man, guys, can I just make these 175, 25? Because what the fuck is this nonsense? And they were like, no, you can't. That's what they said. In that um, Blister Guy says, how many people have played Alice's Army each day since release? How many people play for Auntie and how many people play without Auntie? As far as I know, uh, I don't know that this has continued, but after a couple days, uh, CD Moyer gave us some data because I, my prediction was that no one, basically no one would play for Auntie. And I was basing that on my experience in the real world where nobody ever played Magic the Gathering for Auntie. And it was like a third of games were played for Annie's, and I was really surprised by that. Hmm. Um, some games are played for Auntie M. We never do Wizard of Oz-themed items of the month. Is no. Wizard of Oz just less cool than Alice in Wonderland? I think we somehow jumped onto it because we did the March Hare. Which was only because it was March, and I couldn't think of anything else. Yeah, uh-huh. and so. But it wasn't even the March hair; it was the wild hair. Yeah, but it was based on the March hair because I thought, what? It's March. Yeah, what's unique about March? Like, yeah, leprechauns and rabbits. Um, it seems like the the item is going out of the store at a little more than twice what some have previously. Yeah, no, it's it's doing pretty well. But it uh, could always do better. Which is cool. Yeah, we should get it some cocaine so that it can work harder. <laughs> I don't know, is it, is it okay that I said that? Sorry, Ann. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, I, I said on the last Thursday show that after day three it had already outsold the reindeer. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, we, we don't have particularly big shoes to fill in that regard after some of the stuff that came out last year. The reindeer so. is not a particularly tall jockey, it's true. Yeah. Uh, Frankenbean says, On many shows, I've heard you folks discuss the merits of different beers and whiskey. Are you avoiding wine due to a fear of grapes? I just can't get into wine. You into wine, Mr. Scullhead? I like wine, but I don't really care what wine it is. Huh. I just, I have zero interest in getting into the, all of the different types and becoming a, a sommelier. In a, in a way that, like, I will sample a bunch of different kinds of beer and keep notes of the in my head of the kinds that I enjoyed and seek out others that are similar and talk about the flavors of it in a way that just wine bores the shit out of me to do that. You would make fun of somebody who treated wine that way. Partly because whenever I do a wine flight, you know, like, occasionally we'll have the opportunity to do so, they'll say, like, this wine has kind of a a radishy, pepperminty feel with aftertones of chocolate and bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. None of those flavors have ever been detected in any of this shit. I have no idea where that comes from. 
Yeah, you know, like reading when I when I would often because I wanted just like some details about the beers that I was uh, writing about for for that project in January, and so I would go to like beeradvocate.com, which was like, really, it's it's kind of like the first Google result for almost any beer that you uh, search for. But it will always be like, all right, I don't remember how to spell the name of this brewery or whatever, so I would just search for it and then and then find that. And there were a lot of people writing reviews for Beer Advocate that sounded like they were wine reviews, and I was just like, you know, I do not taste any of the things that you said that you tasted in this. And I cannot for the life of me fathom why anyone would give a fuck what color the beer is when it pours. And I guess if, if it's supposed to be a certain color in the same way that, you know, dogs of a certain breed are supposed to have black ears or whatever, like, sure. This isn't a real lager. It's not the right shade of brown. I mean, I guess if somebody... I, I could, the only way that I can imagine somebody caring about the color is if the color somehow indicated some other actually relevant property of the beer. You know? I don't know. You know what I've discovered lately is my uh, dislike of bell peppers does not seem to extend to yellow and red bell peppers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just been eating that shit left and right. Red on the left and yellow on the right. Clowns to the left of you and jokers to the right? Yeah. Blister Guy says, My last name is Walkinshaw, and I've been told by my fiance that I'm not allowed to name any as yet non existent sons Luke Sky Walkinshaw. What should I do? I was oh. going to ask Advice Hot Dog this, but I need immediacy. Yeah, we, we recorded the first episode of Advice Hot Dog last night. Lovely. It went pretty well. That's the show with Roy. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was pretty good. I got it submitted to uh, to iTunes podcastery thing, so I don't know. They, I don't know if they, they have to approve it, and it's just like making sure that the podcast doesn't have any child porn or uh, racism in it, uh, and that it's not explicit without us saying that it's explicit. Which we said it's explicit. We also said it has child porn in it. Just you know, get their attention. Right. It doesn't really have any child porn in it. So. <clears throat> We know this guy here in town who, whose last name is Quan, and he named, he had a son, and he named his son Lando Calrissian Quan. Right. And I think that that's kind of just unforgivably douchey. Right. To do that to your kid. You know, Luke is Luke, a name. Luke Walker is not a bad name. And if his middle name was Sky, then it's going to be like a funny thing that. Every once in a while, when somebody finds out what the kid's last name is, they will get that joke, and like, you know, that's fine, and he'll say, ah, yeah, whatever. But it won't happen every goddamn day of the kid's life, right? And that's fine. Yeah, although you really need to name him Luke Shaw, Skywalker Shaw, and Luke Shaw isn't a name, really. Luke, like, the, his first name is Luke Shaw. Yeah. Luke Warm, Luke Skywarmer, Luke Seatwarmer. Luke Skywalker, Texas Ranger. Luke Benchwarmer. He's the, the saddest, shittiest Jedi. All right. Luke. He never gets to go on any of the battles or lightsaber fights. That uh, I gotta say, the, my favorite part of making Alice's army happen that that I did was the only part of making Alice's army happen that I did, which was writing all of those bios. And coming up with ridiculous names. That, that was a whole lot of fun. They were pretty funny. Some of them were real stretches. Some of them I still kind of don't get. 
Well, yeah, tell which ones, you know? Tell me. Uh, oh, I, I don't remember exactly. I'd have to just look through them all to actually list it. I really Casey Wiederman that... says, uh, awesome work with Alice's Army, by the way. It's so well-balanced that the metagame changes every two hours. Was this totally intended or mostly emergent? How does one sculpt such a balance? Also, would you consider broadening the CCG as a vector with, say, an expansion, some item of the month? And then somebody else writes, uh, Alexander suggested an item of the month familiar that could be fed Alice's Army cards for special effects. How does that grab you? Too late for latecomers or too limited for latecomers? It's too late for limited comers. Yeah. We're, we're in a bukake-only mode at this point. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I made a bunch of shit up, and then we tweaked some of the numbers in play, and then we tweaked some more of the numbers in dev testing, and it got to the point where... It got to the point where there were, like, as many people arguing against every subsequent alteration as there were arguing for it, which is usually a good sign. Yeah. Like, if half of the people think that something is too powerful and half of the people think that something is too weak, it, then it's a good bet that it's not going to really fuck anything up. Um, yeah. I don't know. Blister Guy says, while having an item of the month familiar being dependent on another item of the month seems not so good, Stupak then mentioned that the familiar could be a million credit item available in the card store. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that this needs to get even more epic in scope. We'll definitely do some expansions of some variety. We have we can't exactly agree on how that should work. You know, I know you're partial to folding them into the normal summons. I'm partial to having them something that you buy with trade-in credit at the store. Um, and everybody else is either in between or on one side or the other, and I don't even know what I don't even know what the hell, man. We were having some discussions about the thematic appropriateness, whether or not as a, we decided a zombie was allowed, but not an imp. Was that was yeah, that your rule? It like I would like to see him more as the in keeping with the Alice in Wonderland theme, and there aren't just you know demons and imps and fairies running around. Well, some of them are fairies. They have a don't ask, don't tell policy. Right. They haven't done away with it yet. Uh, Light Ninja says, how would you feel about making the booster box a free pull? Uh, I would feel like that was something that I am not going to do. Huh. Uh, Beacon 1 says, before ascending, I like to burn off my extra MP. It would be nice if I had some way to automatically buff random players instead of arbitrarily picking among contacts or something. Actually, given some of the hardy updates of late, like Time's Arrow, it would be nice if we could do the same with items. <clears throat> Besides, if real life is any indication, the title of Employee of the Month should go to someone you've never heard of. Huh. Yeah, you know, I don't know about facilitating just randomly buffing somebody. Here you go. A buff cannon. I mean, I feel like you could do a who is in a chat channel that was busy and then close your eyes and wiggle your mouse around and kind of click on somebody and then buff them from there. Yeah. Um, it was weird, man. Within 15 seconds of the new customer service account that I created today, having been created, it got 15 turns of tenacity of the snapper from somebody. I don't know if there was a bot that is just fucking buffing every goddamn player it sees or what, but like, what the hell? How does that even happen? And it hadn't gone into chat, of course, or anything, right? No, no, I, yeah, I, yeah. Wow. Like, it was in between the time 
that I it might have actually been in between the time that I created the account and then went into the database to change the account's player ID hmm. that, that that buff went through eh, I don't even know man I don't know how that happened I guess I could have looked into it I could have looked at the person who buffed it and looked at what else they've been doing because maybe they've just been giving everyone and their mother and their brother 15 turns of tenacity of the snapper well at least the customer service account is not going to have an easy road ahead and some tenacity will probably do them good sure I mean tenacity never hurt anybody except that badger that got stuck to the volcano yeah he bit the volcano and he wouldn't let go they always said when I was a kid that if a snapping turtle bit you that it wouldn't let go until there was thunder thunder huh yep I know that if a Gila monster bites you, it won't let go until never. Oh, yeah? Yeah, its jaw will lock to the point that even if it's just a head, you know. That doesn't seem like a, that doesn't seem like a particularly useful trait to have evolved. Yeah. That may like, be one of those <laughs> things, again, that, like, you have to remember, guys, that Jake and I grew up in a land where there were stories told and passed around as facts that... We had no resources to check them with, so occasionally yeah, you couldn't, we there find was just out, no way know? to find out. Yeah, like I found out recently that the QWERTY keyboard wasn't really made to slow down typists, so the typewriters wouldn't jam. But that's what everybody was saying when I grew up, and I had no way of verifying it, of course. D- does anybody actually know? Like, I, my understanding is that basically all of those stories are reasonably apocryphal. Right. I mean, does anybody really know what time it is or where the QWERTY keyboard came from? I think the last time we talked about that, somebody linked a Wikipedia article, which it's going to be interesting to see in the coming years, since Wikipedia is kind of new, how it's just kind of accepted as fact and how much information out there is apocryphal or wrong. But once it's in Wikipedia, it has that air of truthfulness to it. You know, like, who watches The Watchmen? How do you know if... Who do you trust if Snopes says that a story about Snopes is not true? <laughs> and that's true. We need a, We need some sort of bureau. Could Snopes bureau write an article honesty. that was so apocryphal that even they couldn't debunk it? Beacon 1 also asked if I could recommend any good DS games, with or without anime elves on the cover. Uh, if you haven't played it, Final... Uh, not Final Fantasy. Jesus Christ. Might and Magic Clash... Clash... Uh, let me start over. Clash of Man- If you haven't played it, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes is a pretty good game. It's like a RPG with like puzzle gamey kind of combat to it. Uh, it's cool. It takes a little while to wrap your head around it, but once you do, you're like, damn, that's fun. Uh, I've been playing the, the Radiant Historia, the game that Riff recommended to me on Thursday. It's like a time travel RPG. It's pretty oh. cool. If you've never played Chrono Trigger, uh, you should absolutely play the DS remake of Chrono Trigger. Um, do you have a DS, Mr. Scullin? I don't. Well, I do. I have that old... Oh, yeah, the, the, the like, original the, DS that I had that I gave you. Yeah, that has the bugbear sticker on it? Yeah. I used it to play the Mario 64 port until I got stuck in a place that I couldn't beat, and then I stopped playing with it. No. So that that's the only game I've ever played on the DS. Huh. 
Scarfin asked if the hot dog show is going to be a weekly thing and what day slash time will it be on? It's just a is a podcast. It's not going to be on the on the radio KZOLs. Um, I don't know. You know, we'll have to see. It was not as hard as we thought it was going to be to record it, and it was not as hard as I thought it was going to be to edit it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Casey Wiederman says, "Dear Jack, inline tab chat." Yeah, we talked about that at one of the more recent meetings um, about just getting active chat as the default uh, chat for people who whose browsers support it. Huh. Numenor suggests ratebeer.com. They aren't as big of assholes regarding the review. I'm not saying they're assholes. I'm just saying that people who write really florid uh, descriptions of the flavor of beer bother me just as much as the people who write really florid descriptions of the flavors of wine. It's weird when that's presented as, like, as just a statement of fact, like printed on a menu. You know, like when they say this hamburger is going to taste like beef with some cheddar and pickles. Like, sure, but this wine tastes like chocolate and raspberries and sunshine. Like, no, it fucking doesn't. It tastes like wine. Like grapes that have been fermented. I mean, I guess at some point, like, I mean, I can probably, at this point, just because I have drunk so many different kinds of beer, I can probably differentiate between two beers that I couldn't, differ- that, you know, that I wouldn't have been able to differentiate between 20 years ago. Uh-huh. But, but I don't know that I would come up with some food item to describe the taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, I, you know, who knows, man? Maybe, maybe other people can taste things better than we can. Sure. You know, maybe they're like John Lee, the super taster. Evil Ernie 13013 says, It's my birthday. Just saw this film has not yet been rated. And uh, was wondering if y'all, as one parent and one non-parent, would share your views on the rating scale used for video games. Does it convey any useful info? Is it ever enforced outside of Walmart? I think it certainly... I don't think it has as much of an impact on the industry as the MPAA does on movies. Because, you know, like... Have you seen this film has not yet been rated? No. It's pretty good. I'm familiar with the... Yeah. The premise of everything, though, so, yeah. It's one of those things where I think the guy is kind of an asshole in the same way that I think Morgan Spurlock is kind of an asshole. Right. But, like, that doesn't make it so Super Size Me was bad. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I feel like the ESRB has an impact on, like, people in Australia because things that get a mature rating won't get there for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, is there a rating on, like, porn magazines? Or is it just one of those things where it's like, you know, you have to be 18 to buy this, and that's that's it. I mean, I feel like that's pretty well enforced. Almost everyone figures out ways around the enforcement, and almost everyone turns a blind eye to it, because who fucking cares, right. you know? Like, I don't think that there has ever been a 16-year-old boy who has been harmed in any way by a picture of some titties. Right. Like, I just really don't. And, you know, there have probably been some nine-year-old girls who have been harmed with porn. Right. So where do you draw the line there? I mean, uh, what do you think? I mean, what 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 is going to be your approach 
to like when your kid starts fucking around on the internet? I I'm not comfortable with somebody who's prepubescent being like an expert in porn. Like it's really weird to think that there are third and fourth graders who have seen like more pussies than I have. That's just that's disturbing in a way and I'm not sure that that's going to be beneficial to their social development. But like when he's 12 and 13 he's gonna want to look at naked pictures and he's gonna want to masturbate and I'm gonna want to not know about it. Yeah. I just yeah, the, it, it's not even a consideration. I'll happily have the talk with him we're like, you know, real women aren't like this. Masturbation is good. When the time comes for you to have sex, please be safe about it and don't do it with people you don't like. But yeah, I'm Cuz that that's the safe. That's the safest thing. Yeah. I'm absolutely not gonna You know, like I'm not gonna keep the computer out in the living room so that he can't look at porn and masturbate because he needs to. This is a gross conversation all of a sudden. Because he's like two, dude. Well, you know, he masturbates a lot now and I don't want to know about it. So I mean I, I feel I feel like you your parents went a long way towards like actively trying to to keep you away from things that they thought would be harmful to you, whereas my parents didn't really at all. My parents kind of let me make my own decisions about the media that I consumed, and it was less of a big deal because I had access to way less of it, but, like, they, you know, when I was, like, seven, eight, they would not have even hesitated to watch an R-rated movie with me in the room, and it just wasn't a big deal. Whereas I feel like when I met you in high school, you were still sort of, like, forbidden by your parents from seeing R-rated movies. Yeah, I didn't start watching R-rated movies until I was old enough to go to the video store, and they were old, you know, I was old enough for them to leave me in the house by myself. Yeah, and I don't feel like that, I don't feel like you benefited from that even a little bit. No. It's I don't, weird, I don't I, think that you were protected from anything no. by that practice. Well, like... Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, like, even though I swear a lot, I don't really want him to swear, and I don't want to watch movies in front of him where people are swearing. But then, like, I swore a whole bunch back in the day without ever seeing a movie where people were swearing. You know? I, I would actually be more bothered by violence than nudity in a in a movie. Like, I would be hesitant to watch, say, Die Hard with him in a way that I wouldn't be to watch some movie where there was a sex scene so that you'd be you'd be like double reluctant to wear to watch The Watchmen right I mean who watches The Watchmen with their kids right Chris Venison whatever that Latin phrase is and adding the Latin for it with kids yeah you know for kids <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, so I I remember being probably a little bit traumatized by seeing The Shining, like, right around the time that it came out. So, I mean, I was, what, six? Yeah. And um, for life, too. Say what? And, and traumatized for life. Like, you still have that I, but, thing. I, but I'm not traumatized for life. I, I cannot really be comfortable 
in a bathroom unless I have made sure that that corpse lady is not in the shower. But it is not traumatic in a way that actually interferes with, like, it is something that I have to do that takes one second that I only ever do when I'm about to piss. So no one can ever see it happen. It literally has a negligible impact on my life when I'm, like, pissing at somebody else's house. And I guess it makes it so I don't ever want opaque shower curtains in my own house. Sure. But, like, it scared me. But, I don't know. I mean, I, like, I don't know that it did any real damage, right? It sure. impacted my, It impacted my ideas about what things are scary, I think. But something is always going to do that, right? Like, you, you, you have to get really scared by something the first time, right? Yeah. Eventually something is going to scare you, and then that's going to be what informs it. And I don't know if it really makes a lot of difference. I mean, I think, say, repeatedly being raped as a six-year-old fucks you up for good. I think walking in on your parents having sex once as a six-year-old maybe is confusing, maybe has some subtle echoes later in life, but really not that big a fucking deal. Yeah. You know, and and I, and I think that, like, I don't know. You know, do, do you think that when your kid is 10 that you would let him play violent video games? I think that I would probably... I don't know, like, the rating system is kind of a lousy guide, but it seems like you can pretty much tell what's going to be in a video game without it, too. So, like, I don't know if I would want him, like on Xbox Live mowing down Nazis and shouting racial slurs into the mic, you know? I don't want him to be one of those sociopathic douchebag kids. Yeah. So, you know, maybe not the, like, first-person shooters, or the, like, you know, I I wouldn't want him playing God of War at 10. But, like, 9.30 would be fine. Yeah, because 10 o'clock is way too late for him to sleep. Yeah. Um, uh, fuck, what was I about to say? You know, I'm glad that there is a voluntary rating scale, I guess. I guess I'm, so I'm glad that that rating scale exists because it keeps larger scale censorship at bay. Sure. Uh, Because I kind of feel like, with video games especially, like, it is not, it is not so hard to make a video game that you can't find an audience outside the system right and I mean you know maybe I say that because I'm lucky and have made a video game and found an audience outside the system but I don't I don't think it's that hard even now I don't think it is hard for one guy to make some art out of a video game without having to worry about well if I actually stay true to my artistic vision then this board is going to decide that my shit is you know rated M and so they're not going to sell it at Walmart I mean you know, you, you don't have to play. You don't have to participate in that at all. Right. It is like only if you want to get a major publishing deal, and that is way, way, way less important in video games than it is in movies. Right. In terms of anybody seeing your movie. And I mean it's probably gonna get less so in movies the more the more digital distribution happens, right? And it's kind of the same thing with like <clears throat> I was happy that CeeLo's fuck you got pretty widely distributed and known before they came out with Forget You. 
because yeah. they, and it just I, didn't I don't matter think that that is that quite the victory that it was hailed. I mean, I think we had this conversation. Yeah, I, and, sure. you know, like the fact that like OK Go doesn't have a label anymore and they're still succeeding. They, in an interview, were talking about how like, you know, yeah, we are operating without a label, but we would have never gotten to this point without having a label in the first place. Sure. Right. Like just have that enough people found out about us that enough people liked us enough to continue to support us even when they couldn't just go to Walmart and buy it anymore. And I and I almost feel like, I don't know, do you think that absent of anything else that CeeLo or Gnarls Barkley had ever done prior to that, that would have been a hit? I think it might have been. I, you know, I, you might be right. And I, I, I kind of want, yeah. want to believe that quality is what determines what gets popular to some extent. Because he released it as CeeLo Green who was a guy who, he hadn't released anything solo before. So, you know, like, the same re- the same way that people don't know what movie's a Tim Burton movie, I doubt people would go, oh, CeeLo, he was that guy in Gnarls Barkley, right? Yeah, okay, that's a, that's a pretty good point. But it was just yeah. a fucking, it's a fucking great song. Yep, it was stuck in your head for, like, a long-ass time. You know what happened to me that never, ever got better when I hung out with you? I started having problems with my ears. I got some kind of weird ear infection or something while I was at your house. Yeah. And my ear hurt every time I yawned or, like, burped or, like, hiccuped. And, like, once every three weeks, it's happening to me again in one ear or the other ever since then. You somehow made me get old enough that my ears started being fucked up. By having me in your fucked up ear house. Did you ever go to a doctor? What? No, it doesn't last long enough to go to the doctor. You could go to a doctor and say, hey, I'm having recurring ear infections because that's what you're having. I don't think they're ear infections. They're not bad enough. They just, it just, it's like a couple days, it'll be kind of uncomfortable. And then it goes away. I don't know, man. You know, my doctor has got one of those somewhat laissez-faire approaches to things like you know I went in for a physical and he was like why do you why do you want a physical and I'm like I don't know I thought you were supposed to get physicals and he was like does anything hurt I'm like no he's like you want me to check your cholesterol he's like uh, not really <laughs> he's like yeah just come back when there's something wrong with you he's like if you were a woman there would be all kinds of stuff that could go wrong with you at your age but as a man there's really nothing that's going to happen that you won't notice that's worth seeing a doctor about <laughs> like okay yeah, I've been reading that having a physical is kind of a waste of time if you don't have yeah. any symptoms. And you're just better off just leading a moderately healthy lifestyle kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah, something like that, sure. Like, my sinuses have been bothering me forever, and I finally went to see a doctor, and they gave me medication that made it better for a while. And now yeah. doesn't and it just really... quit working. See, yeah. that's the thing. If I, if I find some miracle cure for something that ails me and... Uh, and it turns out that it only works for a while, I want to make sure that I get it exactly one while before I die oh, so right. that I'll be able to get sort of maximal enjoyment out of it. So what we do need to do is figure out exactly when you're going to die. Yeah. Let me consult the Ouija board. Ouija? Learn, Learn says, my mom's chickens were massacred by a bobcat, so big cats can indeed kill chickens. Yeah, but I didn't, this was not a, this was not the neighbor's house bobcat. <laughs> right. This was just a, a regular Wait, old cat. It was a, a tomcat, a dick cat, or a hairy cat, but not a bobcat, no. 
I was, uh, I, you know, I would not probably have just run after it to to shoo it away from my fence if it had been a bobcat. <laughs> Get out of here, you fucking lion. So did I tell you that apparently what has caught on as like the fun new thing that all my uncles are doing is going to Kentucky, hunting bobcats, and then having the bobcats like stuffed in, in you know, attack poses. Like you don't, you can't eat a bobcat. Like, I don't know if like a wildlife department in Kentucky has decided that there are too many bobcats. Probably. And so they're just, you know, like, oh, we're issuing bobcat permits. And then people look at it and think, huh, bobcat permits, huh? That must be something you're supposed to hunt. Yeah. Like, and at first I was just like, what the fuck is this ridiculous nonsense? And then after I saw a few pictures, I was like, you know, if any of them get an extra one, I will totally take it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of awesome to have a stuffed bobcat in like right. a combat pose. Especially I mean, if it's if already you're... dead, you know, I mean, like... I wouldn't want to go and kill a bobcat just to, you know, put it up on a pedestal in my house. But if somebody was going to kill a bobcat and then just throw it away, I would. Yeah, because then you that's can put the, a other, voice the other craze that's and... sweeping the nation is wasting bobcat. You know, the Native Americans use the whole bobcat. That's true. I think you should, if you ever get one, put a little voice chip in it with uh, some bobcat goldthwaite. Oh, God, quote. that is a fucking great idea. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it twice. Uh, uh, Dorngen says, Can clicking on the bottom frame or the door of Ye Wizard Shack Game Shop be made to bring you back to the Forest Village like what other buildings do? Yeah, yeah, it should have. I just didn't do that because I was lazy. And I knew somebody was going to call me on it. I just knew it. (laughs) Play Havoc asks if anything could be done to reduce server lag on the wonderful Owl's card game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what is going on there with all that lag. I keep saying, CD Moyer, what you gonna do with all that lag? All that lag. All that lag, you fucking fag? (laughs) Yes, that's what... (laughs) I I don't know why he's not responding well to that that particular bit of management. I'm doing exactly what the book says. I'm giving him a nickname so that he thinks I like him. I'm... I'm, you know, asking him what he's going to do about it as opposed to telling him what I want him to do about it so he'll feel like he's a part of the process. Right. Man, can you imagine if I read a management book? You have to do the compliment sandwich. You have to say, C.D. Moyer, you have a great ass, but you really need to fix this lag, you faggot. But seriously, man, you have a great ass. Right. Uh, Back Sislan says, Who wrote the text for the Accordion Thief Nemesis Quest? Was that all Riff? Because I like the writing on all of them, but I find the Accordion Thief writing to be just pure gold. Yeah, I believe Riff wrote all of that except maybe the... Uh, did you write attack texts? Yes. For him? Because for, I know he hates doing those. Yes. And I, It's not that he hates doing it, it's just I think he just kind of can't do it. It's weird. You know, to me, that doesn't seem like a... It's not like a hard thing to do. I have I I cannot do it nearly as readily as you can. Like I always find myself like, all right, what can what would this thing do if you were actually fighting it? You uh, know? And that's how I write them and they they end up being pretty generic whereas yours are all like, what would this thing do if it was going to attack you with a KOL joke? Right. And you just don't have any problem writing them. Yeah, it's like what 
Or what are all of the pop culture references and puns around what this thing is or what it's called? Yeah, no, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird the, it's weird the things that come naturally to us and the things that don't. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I can just crank a bunch of them out and they're awesome. And sometimes I'm just like, I just like stare at those and I'm like, oh, God damn it. And then I'm like, all right, I'm finally done. Fuck. Now I have to write a critical hit one. Ah, oh, never Man. again. That's rough. How many Alice's Army tattoos are out there? Uh, boy, I don't know. Uh, this is going to be boring. You should, uh... You should ask a question. I should ask a question? To read a question. Uh, I can just sit here and go. Uh, Melon Squeezer says Does Alice ever fight with, with her army or just say a few nasty words on the side? Remember Alice? It's a game about Alice. Um, Alice is the. Uh, is the the symbol for which they fight. You don't expect there to be an actual devil dog telling the marines what to do. You don't expect there to be a an actual Walenda telling them when to fly. You know. I don't know. I had this whole backstory in mind that had, you know, like the Red Queen when Alice like beat the Red Queen and she took over the card army and I was going to put that somewhere, and then there wasn't anywhere to put it, and I figured it wasn't important. So, yeah. Mm. Cool. <clears throat> um, three. There are three of those tattoos. Wow. Know. One of them was gotten by somebody on the first day. Excellent. By uh, going crazy. Yeah. Stubach says, that's funny about the navel ring slash gap. The best part is that it wasn't spaded until like two weeks ago. So if you had changed it with the gap, nobody really would have noticed, except maybe on the 20%, but even that wasn't well spaded, at least that I saw. Yeah. Yeah. They would have eventually found out, right? And it would have been maybe, I don't know, it wouldn't have exactly been a nerf, right? It would have been like reducing one thing by five and increasing another thing by five. But, yeah, I don't know. Scarfinan is still curious about the uh, advice hot dog, whether it's going to be a structured weekly thing. We seriously don't know, man. Like, I don't know if Roy is going to have time to come over to my house once a week and do do the recording. Yeah. I, I could probably do it once a week. It's not hard for me to just sit and talk. I just love the sound of my own voice. The soothing dulcet tones. But speaking of which, it's about time for me to stop loving the sound of my own voice and get over to Yon Outback Steakhouse before it closes. What? Excellent. All right, uh, we'll see you all next week, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night.